Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I heard a really brilliant psychologist that I follow, and she was saying that every single one of us is faced right now with kind of chronic trauma. And if we look at the last several years, as you mentioned, you know, we're recording this in June and some of the things that have just happened in, in the last month, the last few weeks, it just, it's chronic that we have this inundation of information that's very tragic and very hard to hold space for in our being. And this is not something that we've really been exposed to since, you know, decades ago, we didn't have the internet and the instant access to information. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Peace Doc Talk podcast, a podcast that keeps growing because of each and every one of you and your reviews. So thank you so much for tuning in and being here today. Today's guest is Linda Cormier. She is a speaker, personal development trainer, business owner, author, nonprofit founder, a wife, and a mother. And we are talking about a very important topic, which is how to stay connected to purpose and joy during chaotic times, which I know we can all relate to. Thank you so much, Linda, for joining me today. I'm so happy to be here. So I am so excited about this topic. I think it's so important. You know, we're recording this actually um, in June, um, right after a lot of heavy things have been happening in the world, in our country, in the United States. Um, And also people are dealing with personal issues, you know, that they're going through. So I'm just so looking forward to this very, you know, motivating, uplifting, but just honest conversation about life and joy and chaos. Um, But before we start, you know, tell me more about yourself and what you do. Well, thank you so much. I always say that my most important title is mom (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. and wife, but I have been so grateful to be able to have a very successful international wellness business with my husband for over a decade. And before that, and as I continue to do speaking and training, I work with a lot of women's groups and a lot of teens. And then most recently, during some of the chaotic times of the last couple of years, I just decided I needed to be part of the solution rather than the problem. And so we've started a nonprofit. And it's really about helping women specifically, but men as well, helping women find their voice, use their voice, and most importantly, mm-hmm. trust their voice. And so that's the essence of the nonprofit. And it kind of goes along with what I've done my whole life. And this is amazing. And what you're doing obviously is so important. And this topic, like I mentioned earlier, is something that's going to be extremely valuable. Um, just because again, like, I think everyone goes through these ups and downs. And sometimes we just don't talk about it. But sometimes we're like, how do I just continue 
to find that spark, that purpose, that, that reason to just kind of keep going when just, it seems like everything is kind of in a way crumbling. Um, and I know you can relate to that. So, you know, tell me like what you kind of, when you talk to your, you know, your clients and just kind of motivate people and, you know, kind of reframe this, where do you even begin to talk to them about this? Well, I think where we begin is just honesty and Mm -hmm. recognizing that things can always coexist. So having to be really honest with ourselves, I heard a really brilliant psychologist that I follow. And she was saying that every single one of us is faced right now with kind of chronic trauma. And if we look at the last several years, as you mentioned, you know, recording this in June and some of the things that have just happened in, in the last month, the last few weeks, it just, it's chronic that we have this inundation of information that's very tragic and very hard to hold space for in our being. And this is not something that we've really been exposed to since, you know, decades ago, we didn't have the internet and the instant access to information. And so the first thing is being honest with ourselves that this is hard and that what we're facing every day and the tragedies and the news and just the reality of what the world is, there's a lot of heavy. Mm -hmm. And then recognizing that we have a choice. And for me, that's really one of the most important things is to recognize that we can choose joy and we can choose hope. But usually it's possible to do that after we've been able to sit with some of the pain. And so it's Mm -hmm. recognizing that things can coexist, sitting with those feelings, sitting with the emotion, and then like ushering it away because we're making an intentional choice for joy and purpose. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a lot of the sentiment around this, um, you know, like we said, we are recording this after a school shooting. So just kind of a disclaimer and um, a kind of a warning, if you will, if this is going to be too heavy, but we're not going to talk about that in detail, but just obviously it is very heavy for so many people. And one of the common sentiments, you know, as a mother that I've heard from other mothers and I felt myself is this guilt and this guilt of, you know, that knowing that other mothers and fathers and grandparents, whatever, lost their child in such a tragic way in a horrific event guilt in like going about your every day when other families don't get to do that, you know? And I think it's that, that dichotomy of like, of course we continue our lives and you can be empathetic and understand, but it's guilt. So many people. And do you hear that? Have you heard a lot of that collective guilt when there's the world just seems like a very sad place? Yeah. I think there's that collective guilt and it's like survivor's guilt, you know, like when you look at things like that, but I think at the same time, it's such a gift to be alive and mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we take that for granted in general. And so sometimes it's in the face of that tragedy and real misery that we have an opportunity to really make a difference in the world in ways that we may not think are that profound, but they really are. Like, you know, choosing to smile at a stranger, choosing mm-hmm. to be embracing different cultures and to really focus on being the very best that we can be as individuals and transcend some of what I believe is whether it's systemic racism or the things in the world, like really transcend that and connect to love as much as possible. That all is a choice. Mm-hmm. And more that we choose, I think that we want to revere the life that we have, really recognize it as a gift and how do we do that every day? How do we choose hope? How do we choose joy in the midst of all that chaos? And I think a big part of that is recognizing that we can make a difference. And we are part of this 
I always say the most incredible team that we've ever been a part of is humanity. And the more we recognize that, the more we can create positivity and ripple effects. And I think people in that moment, like you said earlier, like in the moment when you're going through chaos, right, whether you're being handed personal chaos and then you add in all the things that are happening in the world, it feels like, again, like things are crumbling. And I agree. Like, I feel like people just often feel trapped or they feel like, well, how do I get out of this? Like when you're in that moment, what do you tell those people that are like, well, how do I even find anything from this? Like, what am I supposed to do from here? I mean, this is obviously, it depends on the circumstance and what's going on, but how in your life have you gone through those episodes where you're, you feel almost as if, wow, this is very heavy, but I am going to get through it to find that purpose and joy again. Several years ago, I did a podcast on the 10 greatest gifts that I had learned in that year. And for whatever reason, that year, one of the things I learned is that everything is a process and to have faith in that process. So Mm -hmm. even when you are in the hardest moment, even when you feel the depths of despair, which I did, I lost my mom this year and it was devastating. And there was a good few weeks that I felt like, I didn't know if I was going to get my smile back. I didn't know if I was going to be able to feel alive again, but I just kept reminding myself, this is a process and I have to have faith of what's on the other side of this process. And so that again, it's a choice and I hold on, you know, I encourage people hold on to those beliefs, even if they're not, even if it's not true, but just because I'm saying everything is a process that doesn't make it real, but we can choose beliefs that serve us. And I resonate with this because I also have that same mindset that how we approach life is the choices that we say, how am I going to approach it, but also the story that we tell ourselves. Do you ever run into situations with clients or with people, you know, in your speaking or your personal coaching that just don't understand that, that don't understand that choice, that feel, because I've heard from people sometimes on my own um, social media or, you know, about like, no, it's not a choice. Like, when we talk about things like obviously severe things like depression and anxiety. And I think there's a nuance there. Obviously that's chemical. That's not a choice per se, but how do you talk to those people who say, no, it's circumstances. It's not my choice. It's my circumstance. Yeah. No, there's a hundred percent difference in if, if you as an individual are feeling sad, you know, you have not been diagnosed with a clinical depression or general anxiety disorder, or, you know, you're just not your normal self then the choice that you're making is different. Because if you are somebody who struggles with general anxiety disorder or depression, and you know that you struggle with that, how you treat that is also a choice. I mean, I have really, really good friends who wanted to like deny the fact and were not wanting to choose a medication that could help them. And then when they did, their life turned around completely. Yeah. Choosing a treatment course, if you have something that is like diagnosed, is very different than somebody who has a different set of circumstances that it is. Yeah, it's just two different things, but both are choices in how you deal with it or how you treat it. Does that make sense? Yes. And I I love that you brought that up because the choice in this situation, the choice is not saying that you get over. Like, I think when people hear choice, they think that well, no, like I, then you're not getting it that this is a real thing. No, of course it's a real thing, but your choice here is getting the help, getting, not just missing it, right? That's the choice that you're making. Your choice is saying that this is a reality and I need to get help, whether it's through therapy, meds, whether it's through personal coaching, whatever the help is going to come, however it's going to come. But 
you are right that the choice is on you to get the help. And that's what I hope that people understand on this episode is that, yeah, you are in control of how the outcome is going to be in terms of how you're going to get there is to be determined, but you will get there with the right help and the right tools and that right mindset that's going to help you get that help if you need it. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Artube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rash, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball. Let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC. That's P-E-D-S-D-O-C. I mean, and the way that I look at it, and this, again, I'm not a doctor, but the way that I look at it is I've worked with a lot of people who find themselves in a position where they think, for example, that they maybe have ADHD and Mm -hmm. or maybe they have anxiety that feels different than somebody who doesn't have a diagnosable type of anxiety. And there's a process of, I don't want to say denial, but once somebody comes to the realization of their 
particular individual unique being yeah. that those things can really work in their favor. One of my favorite people on the planet, finally, it took, you know, in his 50s to realize, but once he realized, oh, this is what also gives me the ability to focus. This is also what gives me the ability to do these things while it can also, you know, be hard to deal with sometimes. Again, it comes back to just being really honest, honest with ourselves and then recognizing that we have choices in how we either treat or deal with whatever the situation is. Yeah. The honesty, you know, helped me so much during some very, very traumatic times in my life in the last three years, you know, with birth trauma and pandemic parenting and other things, IVF and some other issues that people may not look at as trauma and grief, but were, you know, and I think so much of this is accepting and understanding that you don't have to push it away. You know, I think so many people feel they need to find the joy fast. Like I need to find my purpose and joy quickly or, but the grief looks so different. Like, you know, you lost your mom and thank you for sharing that on this episode, but how you grieve for your, with your mom and that process may look different than someone else. Right. But the ultimate goal is to grow around the grief. The ultimate goal is not to forget that that happened. I think people think that when you finally find joy and purpose, it means that what happened to you wasn't important or what happened to you doesn't matter. Of course, that's going to be a part of your life forever. You know, losing someone you love so dearly or losing some dream that you had or whatever it is that you define as grief. Oh man, it it hurts. And it's never going to completely go away, but you can continue living a fulfilling life and purpose. And I think, do you do that with, I mean, this reality of your job, right? Like creating a business that helps motivate others. Does that do you ever find that you've used your own grief and own experience with grief to help others, correct? Yeah, it was yeah. so ironic. I did a women's retreat in January. It was the 9th through the 12th. One of my best friends suddenly lost her fiance in August mm. of last year. Young, like it was really traumatizing for everybody. He was like a brother. And then so in January, when I was doing the women's retreat, I did a section on grief specifically because helping her navigate what she had gone through. And one of the things I talked about is that we can grieve a relationship, even if it didn't work out. Grieving isn't Mm -hmm. associated with death. We can grieve what we anticipated that we thought a marriage was going to be. And it's not that or our relationship with our children or whatever. We're going to grieve the loss of things in our life. And then part of what, so it was really crazy ironic that I did this whole thing on grief and I had just written a blog about how I had not lost anybody during the pandemic and how grateful I was. And then less than two weeks later, my mom passed. So I had to step into all the things that I was trying to teach to everybody else. But the thing that I found that has been very beautiful and it, it speaks directly to our topic of staying connected to joy and purpose in the face of chaos is that there is a merging of the grief and the pain that is a reflection of our capacity to love, which is so gorgeous and huge and infinite, but it's the merging of that kind of gratitude for what we have had with the newness of stepping into life. And so it's this merging of gratitude and grief. I shared that with you as we were just getting started that, that really enhances our whole being And if we can connect that to the appreciation that we have for every breath we take, just being alive gives us, in my opinion, if we can stay connected to that appreciation for life and the ability even to feel. 
and grow. Right. I mean, like I was watching like the celebrity, um, Chrissy Teigen. So she's obviously, I think you know who she is. Um, and she suffered an infant loss, meaning she was far along in her pregnancy. So she had a late miscarriage and I saw her share the pictures and she was very vulnerable and sharing all these things. And people judge people for what they share, right? You, they judge if you don't share, they judge if you share. I mean, I can't imagine being a celebrity and what they, you know, what they have to deal with, but what I got from her, and I want to bring this up because I thought it was very beautiful is that when I saw that picture, you know, I haven't suffered a miscarriage, but I suffered grief in the sense of a, like I said, a traumatic birth that was very, very traumatizing. I mean, it was exactly what we're talking about. I had to find my purpose again and joy and I found it. And a lot of it was helping others and also just finding the small things in life that make me want to wake up every day, like really helped. But when I saw what she was going through, you know, I saw her grieving and I told my husband, I was like, God, I'm so sad for her, but I can't wait to see the person she's going to become on the other side. And I say that in a very uplifting, positive way. And I know people may be like, what do you mean? Like to know that someone's going to grieve. I know that if they can process that grief and learn how to make something out of it, whether that's growing her relationship with her partner or learning about something she didn't know about herself before or advocacy or something. I mean, when you can get to that stage where you can turn that grief into something beautiful and oh, it's so powerful and you grow from it, right? I don't like the negative things that happened in my life. I don't wish negativity on anybody. It's the worst feeling to be in, to lose a loved one or to have, like I said, all these things. But I also know that through the processing and if you can process it in a healthy way, you can learn something new or help someone else in the process. And then again, like I said, multiple times, it doesn't take away from the horrible thing that happened to you. Because I think people... Like I felt like when I finally got through processing my birth trauma, I felt like in a weird way, I'm like, well, if I feel better, people are going to think that, that that wasn't important. Yeah. I almost have to be miserable. And I think that's a culture that people feel they have to be miserable. So people understand that they're struggling. It's this weird, like, I need to show you that I'm struggling so that you feel that I'm struggling. No, you, people like me and you know that people struggle, right? We, you don't need to tell me and show me and live that life of woe is me, that everything is bad. No, I know that you're going to go through ups and downs. I know that you're going to get through it. And it's so important to remember that, that you can move through the grief and it can, that, that event is still trauma. Like don't ever feel like that trauma wasn't important in your life because I felt that I felt like, well, now that I'm moving forward and moving around my grief, people are going to say, well, oh, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. No, this was a big deal. And it's always going to be a big deal until my son is an adult and married. Like I'm going to think about what happened, you know, and I'm going to get better at processing it, but it's part of my life as is losing the loved one, you know, like your mom and all of this, but there is beauty in finding the power after the event, which is not going to happen in the event, obviously. Yeah. And I think just two quick things that come to mind when you're saying is that what people may think as you move on, right? all give way too much power to what other people think. I mean, and they're usually yes. really concerned about their own to be judging us. But I also think that it's how we honor the love that we had that is reflected in that grief is by living. It's by overcoming. That's how we honor the people that aren't here with us anymore or the even the dreams that we may have lost or the, like you said, the birth trauma, the way that we honor the depth of the emotion that's connected to those experiences is by choosing life and joy and hope and the positive things. Because 
there's going to be enough negative things in the world. <laughs> like we, yeah. If we can be, you know, beacons on the other side, really holding on. And I think that so much of that comes from recognizing that we just have beautiful, incredible, natural gifts that the world really needs. And we can't express those gifts if we are confined by our grief. Yeah. Oh, this is such a great episode. I just, I love talking about this. I actually recorded an episode for anyone who has not listened to it, episode 120 about very similar, but when life hands you lemons and you're just tired of making lemonade, like all that, when things are just feeling like they're crumbling and this whole topic of like everything happens for a reason and how some people feel that that can be very demeaning when I like to rephrase that, that phrase a little bit. I don't think, I do believe that there can be purpose in trauma, but I don't think that that means that that trauma should have happened. If that makes sense, like nothing, it doesn't mean that you should have lost someone or that event was meant to happen. That's not what I think that phrase means. How do you feel about the term? Everything happens for a reason. Well, I don't use that phrase, but I do believe, and it's not as categoric, like everything, but I feel like most things let's do that. Most yes. happen for our good and benefit because we will learn from it because we will grow from it. And yes, most things. Now there are some things when we look at the tragedy that just happened and yes. it's like, How can, yes. there's no way that you can say, Oh, this is happening for my good and benefit. That's not, that's correct. But most things happen for our good and benefit, in my opinion. So if, for example, you're stuck in a traffic jam, which is frustrating and stressful, and you're going to be late somewhere, but you're stuck, in my opinion, that's happening for my good and benefit. Because if I wasn't stuck, maybe I would be the one in the accident. Correct. That perspective has really, really helped me. Again, it's one of those things I choose to believe that everything, not everything, most things happen for my good and benefit. So even like, yeah, difficult things, you know, if I put that perspective on and I look for the lesson, then it doesn't always reveal itself immediately, but it will. Right. And so I think, again, that comes back to having faith in the process, but I don't say it in a glib way. I'm not saying it's easy just to choose joy and to choose hope and to choose purpose. I'm saying sit with the emotions that we have and recognizing things can coexist. You can be in pain and allow yourself joy. You can be grieving and allow yourself the hope because it really is something that's going to ignite the gifts inside of us that we then can make a difference for somebody else, even with a smile. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree completely with that. You know, everything happens for a reason because in using the examples of the tragedy in Uvalde, like, I mean, that obviously it's not every like that, that didn't, and in telling someone that is obviously the most hurtful thing. Like I hope every single one of those family members, no one said that. And I know yeah. in faith leaning communities and, you know, spiritual communities, that can be something that gets said, you know, like the Lord meant for this to happen. And I grew up with a very faithful leaning mom um, who has said that to me when my son was we were both in the ICU, but when you think about traumatic events, it's not at all helpful at all in the moment. And, um, absolutely not that everything was supposed to happen. Cause it just, then it makes it feel like, well, what? Like, this was awful. Like, what do you mean this yeah. was supposed to happen? Like, yeah. Oh, this and is, I think it's just awful. In general, yeah. 
in general, it's not a good idea to use everything or always or yes. never. Like it's yes. not. It's just that there isn't anything that's like that. And so I think it's important to recognize most things. And those most things, when we can put that perspective on it, it really helps us and it helps those around us in the process if we can just shift our perspective a little bit and recognize that maybe there is something good on the other side of that fear or that frustration or that moment or that experience if it's hard. I think that you know, these really traumatic things fall outside of that concept. Right. Oh, Linda, this is such a great conversation. You know, I love talking about this sort of how we approach difficulty, but at the same time, look forward to positivity and all that. And I think that's really hard for many people. Um, you know, and I think that I hope this really did resonate for so many of you listening, because it is like she said, that dichotomy that truly does exist. Where can everyone find you in terms of, um, you know, like website or resources, um, how to connect with you if they want to, you know, speak with you or learn more about you? Really just, I'm not overly active, but the easiest way is Instagram or Facebook. It's just my name, Linda Cormier, and I spell it with a Y. I'm sure it'll be written somewhere, but I always reply when people direct message me with a question or you know, whatever, I always reply. So those are probably the easiest two ways to get in touch with me. And then I do have my website, which is my name as well. And I have not been very consistent with blogs, especially in the last year. I didn't go into some other trauma that we've all experienced, but I haven't been a very prolific writer in the last year, but hopefully I will be doing a little bit more of that as we officially launch the nonprofit this year. So they can always sign up for a newsletter in my on my website as well. Awesome. And I will be linking the website for sure. And then the other thing I like to do at the end of each episode, because I know we obviously touched on amazing things, but you know, you are a parent. I would love to hear a parenting high and a parenting low. And especially since we're on the topic of like, you know, learning from things and with the low, like what that kind of taught you as well. So the high, one of the first things that comes to mind that's really amazing was both of my children while they were in their young teens were able to participate in some of my team building and personal development events that I did. And they got a chance to see their mom in a little bit of a different light. And I then went on to do those events for their college. Um, they're both college athletes. And many times over, my kids have been to my events. And that was really a high for them to get a glimpse into the kind of professional world that feels really similar to how that they were raised, everything they learned when they were you know, being raised. But that was probably one of the biggest highs from a parenting perspective is to have them attend those events and want to be there and choose to be there more often than I would have ever expected. Oh, I love that. And what about the, um, I guess, low, if you will? Well, the low, first thing that comes to mind was actually very recent. My children are mixed. And so during the really difficult time of the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and the marches and all of the things that were happening. I had no idea the experience of racism that they had experienced. And that was really a low that I could have been so unaware that, you know, my ex-husband, their dad, who was one of my closest friends, we were a mixed family and married for 20 years and never talked about race because we just, we didn't. And I've come to find out that that is common mixed families and biracial children that's just not talked about. And so that was really a low to find out what they experienced 
and to have been very unaware and not be able to be there for them while it was happening. Oh, I'm sure that was so hard. And it's, you know, I like when families or my guests can share this um, just because it gives that sort of that big picture that, you know, again, that parenting is full of some really awesome joys and some really very difficult, um, you know, conversations and events. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us today. Absolutely. And, you know, even in those hardest of times, Mm -hmm. we've grown even closer. I I thought my kids were my best friends and now they're 27 and 24, almost 25 and 28. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't change anything because where we are now and what we've gone through to bring us even closer when I would have thought we were as close as possible. So, Oh, I love this, Linda. Thank you so much for sharing that aspect of your life and your parenting and obviously everything that you've shared today. For everyone listening, make sure if you found this episode helpful that you share it on social media, you know, tag us, definitely write a review or leave a rating. And I'm going to be having Linda back on the podcast again, because there's so many things that um, she and I both want to talk to you all about. So Linda, thank you again for joining me. Thank you so much. I look forward to chatting again. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Peds Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Peds Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.